1: Three, two, one. It's a federal check made out to Jason. Can Honey, can I can I talk to you later? I have some jewels in a bucket. Thank you, dear. Thank you. I, I got them.
0: I, I actually moved the bed and I got some, and I got the jewels.
1: Thank you, dear. All right, can I go back to doing this? Thank you. I love you. All right.
2: It was a tough job before COVID-19. Now, the moms in your life are taking on new challenges. With Mother's Day just two days away, we're talking to the moms on the Fox 6 investigative team about the lessons they've learned over the last two months. From the Fox 6 studios, this is Open Record. I'm Brian Polson here with my colleague, Amanda St. Hilaire. Good morning, Amanda. Hi, Brian. So we're recording this episode on Friday morning, May 8th, 2020. And we have a mom panel for today's episode. So let's welcome back Contact 6 Investigator Jenna Sachs. Hi, Jenna. Hello. And the person who helps make this podcast is now making her first appearance on it, Executive Producer Sarah Smith. Hi, Sarah. Hi. So Sarah, Jenna, Amanda, you are all moms. What do things look like in your house right now?
3: I think Jenna should go first because we heard at the beginning a little snippet of what it's like for her.
1: Sure. You know, it depends on the time you ask me. Like <laughs> 9 o'clock, 9.30 at night, my house looks pretty good. Right now, it's it's kind of like mid-morning, so they're starting to trash everything. Um, if if you don't know, I have three kids. I have a four-year-old daughter and twins that turn two this month. And, you know, it's just... a. Uh, it's messier than I'd like it to be, but we're we're doing okay. The tub needs to be cleaned. The lawn <laughs> needs to be mowed. Um, we're out of dishwasher detergent, but, you know, <laughs> we're, we're doing okay. It, it could look a lot worse.
3: And both you and your husband are working from home right now, right? So that's an added challenge.
1: Right. So we are basically hiding upstairs all day. We're, we're, we're very fortunate because we have a babysitter who comes over every day and watches the kids during work hours. But, you know, it's it's inevitable that we get drawn out occasionally throughout the day. Sarah, how about you?
0: Um, I have a 7-year-old daughter and a 4-year-old son. And I would say most days it's like a tornado. I, I feel <laughs> like all I do is pick up snack cups and half full – drink cups and <laughs> little pieces of toys and it's like kind of like a, a, an obstacle course of like can you walk from our den to their bedrooms without stepping on something and it's usually the answer is no. <laughs> so it's um I try to pick up every day but like Jenna said it's just kind of a mess. And are you and your husband both working from home? Yep so I'm working from home full time. My husband um is working from um home for the mornings but for that time he's mainly with my daughter doing schooling and then he works from the office um from 12:30 to 4:30 every day. So he's here for half the day. So you're dealing with the homeschooling thing. Yeah, and you know, he takes on a bulk of it which I am just so thankful of because I can't imagine if he worked full-time out of the house right now, that would be an added challenge, but he, he takes on most of it, and then before he leaves at noon every day, we kind of have a, a little gathering of, okay, what didn't you get through for today, and then how can I tackle it over the next three to four hours while I'm still doing work and dealing with a four-year-old who isn't in school but still needs things. And trying to publish
3: so. a podcast.
0: Yeah, that too. <laughs> it's usually I work, you know, my, my work from the morning is pretty solid, but after that it's real spotty, like wherever I can fit it in and wherever the schooling can fit in and set her up and then go back to the computer and do the next thing. And so it's, it's uh it's a good balancing act.
2: And Amanda, you have a very young one crawling around the house. Uh, what, what's that been like?
3: Yes. Yeah, so I have one, I have a one-year-old daughter And hearing Sarah and Jenna talk uh, makes me realize that I should never complain about anything because (laughs) what I'm dealing with is more, I don't have to worry about homeschooling. I don't have to worry about wrangling multiples. It's more like the newness of trying to keep a newly mobile child alive. So for us. Like, that's a
2: standard. The standard is just, let's keep her alive. Let's get through this.
3: And I've actually, I've caught myself, I've caught myself lying a lot during this pandemic. So I, (laughs) I was talking to someone the other day, and I went, oh, I feel so guilty that... We're using TV so much to parent. I don't feel guilty about that. I feel guilty <laughs> that I don't feel guilty about that because I know I'm supposed to feel guilty. But the reality is, if that weird mother goose show on Netflix where you have mother a mixture goose. of children and grown adults dressing up as very strange things <laughs> yes. and singing songs. Such a strange show. It's such a strange show. her entertained for 30 minutes where we can have an uninterrupted block of time, then I'm going to take it and I'm not going to feel bad about it. So it, it's been an interesting balance. My husband is working from home and he's a civil engineer. So we're trying to balance uh, on a day-to-day my job is more urgent than his is because my deadlines are sooner, but it's not more important than his, right? He's still working on crucial things. He just doesn't have the same quick deadlines that I do. So it we're trying to balance who does what and when, and if we have conflicting meetings, or if I have to do an interview at the same time that he has to have a meeting, but it's not quite her nap time yet. Um, we do have a babysitter for part of the week, but um, with the expense of, of child care, we can't do full-time babysitting. So that's that's been a challenge. I, I feel like every time I say this, I have to like you know, have the caveat of, I know we don't have it as as difficult as other people. You know, we don't have a child with a disability. We both have our jobs, which is super fortunate. We have one child we're worried about instead of multiple. But I I think for us, it's every stage is so new because we are relatively new parents. And and that's been part of the difficulty too.
2: So I have a question for, for all of you, because I, I, I'm not a mother, but I have a wife, obviously, who is a mother and she has, she's always been a, a, well, not always, but for the last number of years has worked from home and everyone else left the house. Like her oldest son is in college and, and her youngest and my oldest are, you know, this is the second marriage for both of us. So my, they're both juniors in high school. And, and then I have another one who's in middle school. So they're gone. And then I'm gone, or at least was until this happened. Now everyone's home and the in house is full space. and in her. Well, mm-hmm. but she's actually said she kind of feels guilty saying this, but she loves it this way. Everyone's mm-hmm. here. There's more people to socialize with when she goes out to grab a drink of water or make lunch. Everyone's close. And she said, she's almost feeling like when this is over, she's going to be sad. Uh, she'll be happy. We're all back out in public and the threat is gone, but sort of like the house is going to feel empty again. I wonder for you, if, is While it's been a challenge, I'm sure, to balance work and child care, how do you feel about being at home and having more time around the kids?
1: I actually like it. To be honest, I, I am fortunate that I have a babysitter, so I'm in a different position than other moms who are trying to work and take care of their kids at the same time, but I like being closer to them. I like hearing them, knowing what they're doing. I, I get to spend more time with them because there's not a commute. There's not daycare drop-off. You know, If I pop downstairs during lunch, I can see them, and I, I do like that closeness. It's been a transition, though, because my kids are used to going to daycare full-time you know and they have been going since they were 3 months old so that's been challenging and and we will go back to that eventually but it, i i do enjoy being close to them i mean my daughter slips pictures under my door and leaves little buckets of pine cones outside my door for me to find i mean that's great that's really fun stuff but again i'm not chasing the kids and trying to do my job at the same time i think i'd feel very differently if i was
3: yeah i i'm the type where and i've said this before I don't enjoy working from home full time, but for me, it's I need the mental in order to have the mental separation of home and work that you sometimes need. I need the physical separation. So I'm not working in a separate office. I'm working at my kitchen table. And so that means that everything with work and home is integrated. So it's become a lot harder for me to flip off that switch and say, okay, I need to set work aside and focus on just spending time with my daughter or just spending time with my family. I think I'd like, I'd like the flexibility of working from home one or two days a week. For me, that might be the happy medium because I am seeing things, I, I am watching her hit more developmental milestones. She's starting to walk right now, which is fun and terrifying. <laughs> Look at you. Yay. <laughs> so being able to to be there for some of that is really great but i also i really like having the physical separation between home and work
2: sarah how about you because it's funny we, we hear from you at times as you sort of check in and well we're getting the podcast uploaded or we're coming up with the title for the podcast and it sounds like it's interspersed with a million other things that are happening and circulating all around you
3: and your tweets about this are hilarious
0: Oh my gosh. That's like my only way that I can document. I'm like, I'm just going to keep putting it out there. Um, But let me just say that the last seven minutes or so while you guys were talking, um, my four year old was beating. I'm locked in my bedroom right now. Um, And my four year old was knock, knock, knock. And the knock started real innocent. That's Kyle. And that, so and then all of a sudden I hear him go, open oh up God. the door. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, I, I mean, I've never felt like I've been spinning more plates in my life. Um, I mean, I thought I was busy before. It's different because, and Quinn is pretty self-sufficient, my daughter. Um, she's pretty self-sufficient as far as school goes. I help her with, you know, the art projects and stuff. But I find myself you know wanting to set her up and then she's like, "Well, wait, can you can you help me with this or I'm done with this video, can you help me start the next one?" And then I have to go back and go, "What was I just doing with work?" And so I'm finding it's hard Because I'm not in a closed office either. I'm in a den that's a separate room in the back of the house, kind of. But I'm open to everything. We have kind of an open concept ranch, and it's open everywhere. And so I find myself putting headphones in and playing, like, you know, Zen music. I have a Zen music (laughs) channel, and (laughs) it helps me just block out all the noise. And, you know, my four-year-old is being also parented by... Daniel Tiger, um, yep. Blippi on YouTube, uh, Science Max on YouTube. So um, I guess at least he's learning stuff. But but I have to try to, you know, do the whole grit and grace thing and try and just be like, look, you know, it's okay. There are good days and bad days. Um, tough, not bad maybe, but just tough days and challenging.
3: I was talking to a former coworker who was comparing his parenting styles with his wife's because I think that's something that – Now that we're in more close proximity, you're seeing your partner's work style more. You're sharing some of those parenting things that maybe you weren't always around each other for. So he was saying their eight-year-old will say, my homework's done, and he'll go, great, and he'll take him at his word. And then later that (laughs) night, they'll find out that uh, it is maybe not totally done. And his wife is going, why didn't you check that? And he said, I don't know. He told me it was done. I, I find that in our house... It's been a little more of an equalizer in terms of childcare situations. So, uh, for example, and I'm sure a lot of women are like this, I'm the one who's more likely to say, you know, hey, I have to leave to um, take my daughter to her doctor's appointment or, you know, I I need this adjustment to drop my child off later at daycare or whatever it is, and now we're in a situation where, my husband's having to ask for some of those accommodations. And you can tell he's not used to it because at first it made him really, really uncomfortable. And he is someone who I do feel like when it comes to the physical labor in our household, I do feel like it's pretty evenly split. He does the dishes way more than I do. He does, like, it's not a, a situation where I'm taking on more of the household tasks. But even with that, when it comes to the planning for children and some of the other stuff that women just take on more of the mental load to do. I feel like in a sense, this has been a little more of an equalizer. And I'm interested in, in hearing what's going on in your house with
1: that. Well, I think a lot of people are maybe experiencing what my husband and I went through the first year with our twins, because we we kind of joke that we were uniquely prepared for this because we spent a year under quarantine raising <laughs> those twins together, leaving only to go to work. We didn't leave the house. We were always in the house because logistically it was too hard to leave so we already knew all this stuff about each other and we we kind of already got through learning about each other's strengths and weaknesses and all of that uh so we're actually doing pretty well mentally just because that was so physically draining but yes when you're spending that much time with your spouse you really have to be careful not to um I, how do i say this To to be respectful of each other not get not to jump to conclusions quickly, not to get angry quickly and to apologize quickly because you know the atmosphere relies on the two of you getting along well. And I, f- I'm, I guess, am I grateful for that exhausting year? That's just a blur <laughs> maybe because it helped me a little bit right now. And, and this feels like just something else we can get through. I think while,
0: while we're at home, you know, as much as I love being in the office and doing all that, um, I, I guess I proved to myself that I can do my job <laughs> not sitting in my office, um, which is, uh, if you would have told me that five years ago or uh, last year, I would have called you crazy. Um, but I do I do kind of enjoy the, the whole, we don't really have anything to do, so let's figure out how to play with toys that haven't been touched in two years or you know, just use our brains to be creative and get outside. And um, once this weather kind of turns and isn't 45 degrees – It'll be really great for all of our mental health. But it it is nice, and like Jenna said, to just kind of be with each other and just slow down a little bit, um, despite every workday feeling like we're moving 1,000 miles an hour.
2: So it's Friday and, and Mother's Day is Sunday, and, and this is obviously going to be a very different Mother's Day for everyone because there are no brunches to go to or, or celebrations to get together for. Do you have in mind what Mother's Day is going to look like in your home? Is that up to the fathers to, to come up with that or, or, or what's going on with with, with the three of you?
1: Uh, We haven't really been able to celebrate any of that stuff for a while, so I've just kind of accepted that it's probably going to be a normal day. I might get a card, but to be honest, I'm not sure I would have gotten much else different if we weren't under lockdown (laughs) just because of how many young kids we have right now. I'm playing tablet! I'm playing tablet! You know, we're not playing with the tablet right now. Can I, your hands please? We're gonna wash
3: them. Please? May I wash your hands?
1: There you go. Wash, wash, wash. That is not. Alright, let's dry your hands. Tess, away from the toilet, please. Stop flushing. Alright, away, away from the toilet. Away from the toilet. Josie, dry your hands. Tess, it's your turn to wash your hands. No, this is, this is just the stage of life we're in. We don't get to do a lot of that stuff right now. We don't get to go out to brunch. I think last Mother's Day was the first time we took everybody out. Oh, it was Father's Day. We took everybody out to a restaurant. And that was a big deal. And it was like in and out in 20 minutes. So (laughs) That's impressive.
2: When you have little ones, there is a time clock. You can't be in a restaurant long uh, because the clock is ticking from the moment you get there.
1: Right. So, you know, we'll probably have a low-key day just like everybody else. Hopefully, it'll be nice enough to go outside because that makes a big difference. Yeah.
3: I I told my husband, all the days run together. So, I, I was just talking to Brian yesterday. I had a conversation with him where I said, just so you know, this Sunday is Mother's Day. I just want an at-home brunch, whatever that looks like. If you want to make me food, that's cool. If we want to order out somewhere, that's mm-hmm. cool. I want a brunch. I want a nice cocktail. And I want to mm-hmm. just hang out with everyone. And he seemed pretty on board with that idea.
0: Yeah, Eric um, asked me what I wanted. If it was, you know, again, like, like you said, ordering out or getting he would make something so he's gonna make dinner you know I actually heard the kids making a card this morning for me so surprise um But at least it's not Sunday morning. Yeah. What do you um, read the
2: card and it says things like, mom, why won't you let me into the bedroom when you're <laughs> under the blanket talking on the podcast?
0: Well, it's like my kids know and they're like, are you going on a conference call right now? Oh, do you have another Zoom? Oh, are you in a work meeting? And, you know, sometimes they're really great about it and respect the fact that I have to do work things with important people while, you know, they're home. But then other times they just don't care. Uh, you know, our morning editorial meetings, which are on a Zoom call, um, my four-year-old's crawling in my lap and is like, I need snacks. Can I'm hungry. Or, you know, what's the meaning of life? And I'm like, I don't, in a second, you know. So it's, you know, I, I think Sunday will look pretty similar, but I have a bottle of champagne and a homemade meal and... I'm not doing much of anything else, I don't think. Well,
2: the next thing I want to ask about this is we all have mothers as well, and this has been a very different time because I know for me, mine lives out of state. Um, She lives in St. Louis. She's a regular listener to the podcast. Hi, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. Um, But because of the distance, because of the separation, it's not like we can easily just arrange a visit. And I don't know, especially with young children, you have to be concerned about their health and, and visitors coming. Has it been more difficult to have that interaction with your moms at a time when obviously there's so many important milestones happening? I mean, Jenna, you, you talk, or Amanda, you talk about your, your daughter just starting to walk. I mean, is it more difficult to share some of this time with your mothers?
3: You know, all I have to say is thank goodness for technology, right? So already before this, for pretty much my child's entire life, nearly every day, she has FaceTimed with both my husband's parents and my parents. Um, and that's just that's how it was beforehand. My parents live in Pennsylvania and my husband's parents live in Michigan. So my husband's parents are closer. They're about a four hour drive away, but it's still it's it's not easy to do a quick trip so we've we've kept it up with i think now we're up to like two facetime calls a day uh, for each (laughs) set of parents Um, so we've definitely ramped it up during this time but you know my daughter just had her first birthday my parents were devastated this is their only grandchild they had their hotel booked they had their flight booked and and they had to change those plans so for them it was definitely a hard and fast no they have to get on a plane to get here My husband's parents, we actually just had the conversation because, you know, they're getting to the point where they're going, okay, you know, maybe we can do a visit. And I felt so guilty because I had to say, I don't think we can really do that right now for their safety because they're uh, firmly in the at-risk category. And then also for just the, the safety of other people. If they make a trip or if we make a trip, you usually need to stop. If you're at a rest stop and you're spreading stuff everywhere, it, it just seems a little too risky right now. But it's hard to make those decisions when you know that your parents, your spouse's parents, they want to see their grandkids. They want to hold them. They want to hug them. And it, it's, it's really hard for them right now.
1: Yeah, this is one of the most devastating things I think about all of this uh, because like Amanda, my parents live out of state they're in Minnesota, but they like to come visit every month and they'll stay for, you know, four or five days when they come. My husband's parents are by Madison. They like to come a couple weekends out of the month to visit. And I just feel like the, the twins especially are growing so quickly and they're talking so much more and to miss that is just so hard. You know, to think that they're not getting to see this cute stage there. And this is one of my favorite stages for little girls. They're so sweet and they're missing it. And it makes me really sad. And I think the last time my parents saw my kids was early February because my sister had a baby. They went out to Washington state and then we didn't want them to visit for a while because Washington was ahead of us with COVID-19. And then they were supposed to come the week everything just kind of locked down and I don't know when they're going to be able to come back and it's it's just really hard and it's it's that's probably the hardest part for me is not having my parents be able to come and see them and think as, as you mentioned thank goodness for zoom and for you know facetime so they can see them you know almost every day but it, it's definitely not the same thing
0: yeah my so my mom lives about an hour away um, my father passed away when I was a teen um, and my husband's parents also live about an hour away, but they both babysat every week. They babysat Kyle one day every week, and and so when this kind of all happened, we obviously, you know, I think early March we stopped having them come over, and then obviously they haven't been there since. So um, I think that's that that has definitely been.
2: <sighs> I knew we were gonna get there.
1: I know. I I was almost it's, crying too. It's, <laughs> It's just, it's, it's just, it's been really
0: hard and it's hard because they see them every week and then it goes from that to a screeching halt. And so that's been really difficult. Um, and it's been difficult because then I would see my mom every week physically in person, you know? And so it, it, you know, the technology is there, but again, my kids understand that. No. And they're old enough to know and understand that they're sad about this, that, that my seven year old knows what's going on and understands there's a virus and it understands why we're doing what we're doing um my four-year-old you know will skype and and zoom and and he gets upset and is like but i miss them and i want to see them and i want to hug them and um you know and i just that that breaks me that's and i think that's of all of this of, of the working from home of the technology of the working and balancing everything it's the hardest when I have to explain to them that we can't go hug them, and if we do like a drive-by wave of their house, we can't get out and hug, and we can't stop, we can't do any of that stuff, and so it's hard to explain. And then to explain to my four-year-old who asks later, well, why can we be in the same house, you know? And so it's all these questions that I'm like, oh, that's actually a very good question, um, and and here's my best answer. So um,
3: yeah, it's definitely it's been capital H hard. It, it It's definitely emphasized. I think that just the importance of that physical touch. I don't know how familiar you are with the five love languages. Um, you know, however, everyone kind of has a different language they use to express love and how they feel loved. And so physical touch is one of them. And in my family, that is definitely a strong love language. So it's great to be faced. And and my daughter is very much in a stage where she gives lots of hugs and lots of kisses. She's very snuggly. Um, And so it's almost bittersweet when we're doing a FaceTime and she's coming over and she's giving hugs and kisses and the grandparents are watching and and they love to see it, but then they're sad because they're not there to experience it. And there is something about, you know, we, we talk about our own moms. Like there is something about being able to be there with your mom who has gone through maybe not exactly what you've gone through but can you you can relate to each other in a way that maybe you can't in other parts of your life and to have someone who's been there and who's done that and who understands what you're saying and who knows you so well um you know that's that's something that I think is really underrated
2: you know we've talked about this on on our podcast and in stories about so many people who have mothers uh, right now who are in nursing homes and are cut off from them entirely and maybe get lucky enough to have a FaceTime once in a while. There are just so many sacrifices right now that this definitely makes this a very unique and and, and different kind of Mother's Day. And uh, I think one we probably none of us ever really want to relive in this form. Um, but uh, it, it's been a it's been a challenging time for for an awful lot of people. It does seem, though, I, I got to say, here we are talking i can see all of your faces even though we're all under blankets to make the sound sound better but to to have this technology imagine what this would have been like to go through a period like this maybe the spanish flu uh uh, uh situation in 1918 to not have Ugh. the ability to contact your loved ones and to see them and to share i mean while, while that that in-person touch is huge the fact that you can share those moments in some way um is at least a uh, Uh, I guess makes us better than maybe it would have been years ago.
3: Well, and to get that inspiration from other people, right? Like we were laughing. Jenna sent a voice memo this morning that just kind of captured what uh, life is like in her house and it was really funny to hear those cute little voices but we were all marveling at how freaking calm Jenna oh, is yeah. in like a yeah. totally <laughs> superhuman way and just being able to hear that voice memo and hear Jenna just like keep it together while she's parenting and basically organizing a, a small army there is it, it's inspiring for me to be able to actually hear what that is
1: yes, you're drying it away from the toilet please no touching the toilet away from the body thank you All right, Jess, let's wash your hands. oh you guys are so nice it's not always like that I <laughs> promise you and sometimes the niceness almost turns to sarcasm <laughs> you know what I mean
2: well, like, you, know, you, you know, know what I said I when I
1: heard it is that, that makes I told that I said,
2: I said you, you sound so incredibly calm. I wonder, though, what's going on inside your head? Because you <sighs> met, are you one of those people where you're outwardly calm, but there's like a hurricane going on inside? Jenna or, needs an
1: or? anger translator. Now, I've heard this. This is one of my strengths as a person is I have the ability to appear calm when I'm not. And I think I've learned it through this job by masking my reaction to sometimes what people say to me, because people <laughs> will say shocking things to us uh-huh. in this line of work, and you have to keep a straight face, and I, I practice that in my life every day. People have said that about watching me take my kids into daycare in the morning, saying you always seem so calm, and I, I'm saying I don't feel calm, but I'm glad you think that I look calm. <laughs>
0: That's why I'm a producer. I could. I don't have a poker face. So <laughs> I, that's why I can't leave behind that desk. Because it, like Jenna said, my kids, it turns to sarcasm. And my kids are old enough now that I'm like, I'm done playing. Like, OK, here's how we're going to do this.
1: <laughs> oh, Sarah, I have a question for you. Do you know what you're going to do with the summer yet? Do your kids go to camps? Or Cry- do, do you know? Cry. I
0: just plan on crying.
1: <laughs> what, do you have any idea? No, uh, I, I, I actually
0: emailed. She does Why Camp? Um, she did last summer and has, we've already signed up. This was months ago because I, I get nervous. And so I sign up the day that the openings happen <laughs> because that's what I do. Um, but I signed her up already um, and I had emailed the director and she didn't really have a, a clear answer as to what was going on at that point. This was a couple weeks ago now, but um, you know, no, I don't have a plan. I I guess my husband and I have talked about if they end up easing restrictions at some point with, you know, our, our small circle of, people um you know we have to have that conversation of uh, am i cool with my mom watching you know eric's parents watching so it uh we'll see
2: do we have a guest appearance oh
1: hi b do you want to say hi what did why did you come why did you come in here she came in here to show me a rat puppet (laughs) Can can, can you go back downstairs please you're hungry. Can you go ask Daddy for a snack, please? I can have some
2: candy. You cannot have candy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I like the audacity.
2: Perfect moment.
3: I feel like that kid's gonna run a company someday,
1: <laughs> or a prison gang. <laughs> you don't. Or,
3: or a prison gang. You don't. You don't get what you don't ask for, right?
1: Right, right. You know, and I, I'm amazed by how well some of our kids are doing in light of all this, because the transition was not easy. I, my four-year-old was melting down a lot, and I don't think she even understood why, but it was getting into a new version of what our life is going to be like. I'm actually kind of interested in seeing what it's like when we go back to daycare. Mm-hmm. First of all, how that's all going to work with, you know, keeping everybody healthy, but are they going to, are my twins going to even remember what that's like, what the transition is going to be like getting back into that schedule. I can't imagine what those teachers are going to go through. It's
3: interesting because even, I mean, my child's really young so obviously the the memory situation is is going to get interesting. One of the daycare teachers who she would have in the the room that she's moving up to is actually her babysitter. So for her I think the transition's going to be fine because this face who she's become really familiar with is going to be a teacher in her room but we do a weekly zoom call with the infant room um, that she's still technically part of and you can tell she's kind of looking at these faces and hearing these voices going hmm I'm I'm not so sure about this these are people she was seeing every day and now it's it's been weeks so that will be that will be interesting
2: the reintegration uh, is going to be an interesting step for everyone I think
1: Right. I mean, our daycare was talking about how the teachers might have to wear gowns and masks at the beginning and how they, they'll be screening people when they walk in the building, taking temperatures. Yeah. Parents which won't I, be allowed in the understand. building. hmm So that'll be interesting. And then it's the question of, will I feel comfortable sending them back when that time comes? Uh, you know, will they open before I feel comfortable with them going back? Oh, mine are going back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but we have that
0: same conversation of <laughs> that you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The you know the daycare says you know we're going to open the week here kind of after Memorial Day, but but we need to have that we my husband and I need to have that conversation of what do we feel like and and, and to be honest, I what I feel today probably isn't what I'm going to feel tomorrow, which probably is going to be different than what I feel Monday, um, because you know I keep joking it's like the wild wild west in our house, but it's also really an hour by hour situation, like you know it kind of one hour we're like, okay, this, you know, this is, this is, this is good. We got this the next hour. I'm like, how are we going to make it to Sunday at this point? It's just, you know, so it, how the feelings change, you know, with daycares opening and obviously schools out the rest of the summer or, you know, school year, but you know, which what the summer looks like is a little, a little scary right
3: now. And Sarah, I've heard that from a lot of moms and and I've felt it too, where one second you feel like you're on top of the world, right? You're like, I've got this. Things are falling into place at work. Like I just gave my kid all her servings of vegetables. I'm killing this. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, you feel like everything's falling apart. And and what happened? I
0: I just I just feel like my my um, my 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 patience level is real short. And I and I try to like extend that and work on it. But, but everything is just so like, uh, you know, I, I I have to learn to kind of just be like, all right, just give yourself a second. But, but yeah, so me freaking out over something so small, I have to just, it's just a a product of the environment. And so I have to remember that everyone's dealing with this and, and this, this whole thing has just been the great equalizer. Everyone is affected by it. However it is, whether it's, you know, you're working and now unemployed or you're a mom and now working at home and dealing with kids or you're a kid and not in school. So everyone is dealing with this and and how they're handling it is all okay.
1: That reminds me of a woman I interviewed a couple weeks ago. She hadn't gotten her stimulus check yet and she told me that she was trying to work remotely from home while also being a parent and her job told her, I'm sorry, you're just not being efficient enough and they let her go as a result of it. What? So she had to be home with her kids, she couldn't get the work done to the level they wanted it to be, and so she was having some contention back and forth about, you know, her job and what she was entitled to. But I mean, imagine the stress of, you know, not having work right now. That that and a lot of people are in that position. I'm just so grateful that we do have these jobs. And quite frankly, the the amount of work that people are able to get if anything I think
3: this is highlighting a lot of moms' incredible abilities to multitask because the amount of work that people are able to produce right now, given the circumstances, given the limitations, is incredible. So, the, the takeaway should be that we have a lot of really impressive women in our society who are able to get things done. And it may not be in the format that it used to be, but I mean, we're, we're, doing pretty well all things considered
2: well and that's what i wanted to jump in here and say from my point of view as i work obviously in this investigative unit alone with a lot of really strong talented women and and i've i've thought that all along anyway but to see what you're managing in the midst of all of this and uh on top of just the job that that all of you do is is impressive and uh, so i just want to wish you all a very special happy mother's day a uh, very unusual one, but a very special Happy Mother's Day from me to the to 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 the three of you, and of course to all the other moms who are listening, who are dealing with a really challenging time in uh, in a pretty impressive way.
3: And we are going to continue bringing you more frequent episodes of Open Record as we cover the COVID nineteen pandemic. If there's a topic you want us to discuss, an issue you think we should investigate, please send us an email at theinvestigators at foxsixnow
2: Thank you to the people who make this podcast possible every day. Producer Pete, Dave Machuda, Suzanne Barthel, and, of course, executive producer Sarah Smith. Please subscribe to Open Record if you haven't already. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Happy Mother's Day, moms. I'm Brian Polson, and for Amanda St. Hilaire, we'll be back again on Monday.